What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy hour, hoops. NBA Finals Week is finally here. It's been a long, wild season, but it's here. And something else that's finally here is the three of us back together, Steve, Jake, and myself. It's been a minute, fellas. How, How long has it been? Wait, I really, I didn't look back. <laughs> it's wild. been a long time. I think it's been we didn't have a show serious. last week like, because we literally we were just talking about this before we got on. All May, we don't even know where the month of May happened. It didn't even happen. How it happened? Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. It's been a long time. We've had like every combination though. We've kept it going. The, the free bird rule here has kept yes. it. We've had a Dunny and Jake episode. We have Dunny and Steve. Me and you have done one couple, Steve. Like we kept it rolling, but we had slick. We no. had Amari we had on. Like, we kept it going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Happier hoops does not die, um, and neither do the Miami Heat because <laughs> oh, no, already. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to get into the. I'm not going to get to the nasty stuff yet. Um, not the nasty. <laughs> this episode, it's going to be all finals matchup. Nuggets Heat. We're going to preview everything, all the storylines. Give our predictions towards the end, and then I will I will give my final sign off of the Dunny Celt- last Celtic minute of the of the year. Um, we it's could talk about what happened there, folks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to prepare for that, stick around. Uh, if you want to hear me weep and cry about the Celtics, if you're a sicko and you, you love that I've lost, or if you're in the same boat, there's a lot wanna, of those people. Yeah, there is, and it. <laughs> Or if you want to just hear hear my thoughts and stance on the Celtics as of right now um, and where we go from here, tune into that. That will be at the end. Let's get into some news and notes because it feels like we haven't had news in a while because it's just been everything that's happening in front of us. But since we last recorded, whatever combination of us it was, Nick Nurse has been hired as the head coach of the 76ers. What, what did you guys Woo! think of this? Philly got their coach. Um, Doc obviously out, Nick Nurse. And what, what, was your, what were your guys' initial thoughts on this? I don't hate it. I liked Nurse in Toronto. I think this might be kind of the switch Philly will need. It's definitely going to be a different style of basketball than Philly's used to, but it may, it may actually benefit them. And I think one of the things, too, I think you said in the notes, is, is Nick Nurse has got a player's coach, and there's rumors that Van Vliet might join which is another guard that will help Philly. I mean, the biggest thing with Philly is they just come up short in the postseason every single year. They have one of the best players in the world in Joel Embiid. Harden, we'll see what happens with the Harden situation. I, I, I'm I, not even going to begin to try to speculate on what James Harden is going to do this offseason. But, I mean, Philly does have still have a promising team, and as long as Embiid's there, this is a team that's going to be competitive, that's going to be a playoff team. Nick Nurse has shown it before that he can, you know, take a team to a deep run in the playoffs. And also, too, I think you look at these Toronto Raptor teams, Nick Nurse has kind of gotten the best out of his guys in Toronto. Toronto Raptors, the biggest thing, you know, people say about them, besides obviously the year they won the finals with Kawhi, they never really had a true superstar. And you know I love Pascal Siakam. But he's really gotten the most out of all these guys. Pascal has really played well. Anobi played well. Scotty Barnes, who I know you called, Dunny, but not many people expected Scotty Barnes to come out and have that impact he did his rookie season. And then year two, and then you look at a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who was undrafted, who was out of Wichita State, who was an undersized guard. Next thing you know, he's putting up 20 a game for the Toronto Raptors. I think you have to credit the coach a little bit for that. I think it's a good fit. I think, you know, for – 
Philly, it's uh, they had to make a move, and I think it's it's smart for them to go with a guy who has experience, who has won with you know a group of guys before, who has playoff runs, and we'll see. You know, change it up a little bit. I I think he's at this point. You guys know I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan when it gets down to the nitty gritty of it. So I do think it's an improvement. I think Nurse has shown his ability to. Uh, kind of kind of like uplift a roster that shouldn't be playing as well as it was like that team, even with Kawhi to be in the position it was like, like was amazing. The success that they've been able to have the last couple years um, with a roster that just, if you look at it on paper, you wouldn't think it's as talented as some of these top tier Eastern conference teams. And they've been able to play with them this year. It kind of teetered out, but we also, we've heard rumblings that they were looking at changes for the last couple of years. We know that Masai kind of wanted to do more of the, or at least the rumors were that he wanted to do more of a rebuild, a retool and that the players and probably nurse didn't really want to do that. And I think that that's what happened here. Nurse goes to a situation where it's the pressure's on immediately, right? Like the pressure is on more than it ever had been in Toronto for him. He could have probably stayed in Toronto for 20 years. They could have been a team that stayed near the top of the Eastern conference and could have been an infrastructure there, but they clearly had different visions of right now. And this man wants to get back to a championship right now. and feels that Philly is the best spot for him. And he gets to play with, or gets to coach Joel Embiid another superstar player and maybe a guy that's finally on the level of a Kawhi Leonard who he had so much success with before. I would say that Mm -hmm. Pascal, as much as you love him, Steve probably isn't, Mm -hmm. isn't that guy. Maybe Scotty isn't going to be that guy. Maybe he will be eventually, but nurse seems to be wanting to accelerate that path. He probably wanted to take bigger swings, make the Raptors better earlier. I think the Raptors kind of want to go in a different direction. It seems like, you know, Pascal is in some trade rumors right now, everything else. Um, so I think that's more what it is than anything else. I think if they were winning and they were in the Eastern Conference semifinals this year, maybe Nick Nurse is there and he's there for the next 10 years. The fit for Philly, the biggest question is the James Harden thing that you mentioned earlier. Who knows how that's going to play out? Yeah, it's, that's exactly where I'm at. I think on all levels, it's a good fit for the for the city, for you know new coach coming in. You know, We, we kind of heard rumblings that he was losing – the grips of the locker room towards the end there, especially with all the rumors of, you know, Toronto possibly blowing it up and just trading everybody. So I think it was time for Nick Nurse to get out of there. But I'm with you, you know. I think Joel is a coachable guy. I think Nick Nurse and Embiid will work together. I think a lot of the other guys there are also coachable guys. You know, Maxi hasn't really had an attitude problem. He's been great every year he's been in the league. And yeah, it just comes down to Harden and ultimately what what he wants to do, and if he's comfortable being coached uh, by a guy like Nick Nurse, because although we've seen Nick Nurse make players better and people get up for him, it's also a little concerning to me that there was those rumblings that he was losing the locker room in Toronto. Was that you know a, a player attitude thing or just them kind of? being sick of a, being a middling team, who knows? Um, but yeah, I would say the only question mark there is James Harden. But rumors I'm already seeing today is that Coach Nick Nurse is trying to get Van Fleet to join him in Philly. So maybe that would mean uh, James Harden. Half the league wants Van Fleet at this point, though. Let's, let's right. be honest. We've seen that from everywhere. So th- that, that would be an interesting wrinkle. Um, not sure if that's going to happen, but hey, would that be... 
you know, part of uh, James Harden out the door, bring in Van Fleet. I mean, a Van Fleet and Bede would be a nice uh, guard big combo, but obviously I think Philly still needs more. But a huge step in the direction, I think, you know, once you get rid of Doc Rivers, you need a clean slate, you need a championship coach. That's exactly who they bring in. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to make those Boston-Philly matchups even more interesting because sure. Boston fans hate Nick Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> what is um, – oh, yeah, we had Adrian Griffin too. Bucks new head coach. I think this kind of slipped under the radar. That was I a thought, wild card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adrian Griffin, longtime assistant, just becomes the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's going to be coaching Giannis Antetokounmpo and the boys now. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? Like Steve said, a little more of a wild card, a little more shocking. I think there was rumors for a couple weeks there that Doc just might say, hey, I'm a Don in Philly. I'm going to go to Milwaukee. Not the case. We heard Monty Williams to Milwaukee as well. Not the case. Adrian Griffin, Bucks' new head coach. It caught me off guard, I'll say that. I didn't really expect it. But like you said, I mean, this is a guy who's been an assistant. He's been there. I don't really have much to say because I don't really know what he'll do as the head coach. Former player, he's kind of done a little bit of everything. His basketball resume, he's kind of done all over the place, done a little bit of everything. So it's one of those things, too. It almost feels like this is a hire that – maybe pleased Giannis right when you have a type of generational superstar like that and maybe he's like I want this guy to be the coach which we don't know I'm just speculating I think that could be part of the reason because other than that it feels like a surprising hire but it also is so Milwaukee to just kind of keep it in the team you know not go out and get one of these big you know household popular names they stick with their guy and they're just gonna go with it and i feel like that almost feels like a move to cater towards the superstar you know Giannis onto the combo that's the only reason i would expect this uh you know move to be made but other than that like i said i was just surprised i I don't have too much i can't really break down adrian griffin as a head coach because we haven't really seen it (laughs) to me it's just the trend that the, yeah, like the biggest thing, we don't know what he's going to be like as a head coach, but it's just the trend of where organization seems to be going with a lot of head coaches. You look like Darvin Ham, you know, other former players that are getting these jobs early and, and with these varied backgrounds. Like you said, Adrian Griffin is done. He's been around the league. He has a lot of contacts. Um, I, from what I've heard from, you know, other other podcasts and other things, he's really well-respected, really well-liked, very just a guy and a player's coach, like you're saying. So maybe that's a lot what it speaks to with Giannis. Maybe there's some kind of relationship or Giannis is just, you know, just willing to willing to take a chance and trust where the organization. And this is another organization. I feel like that wants a guy that they can build with. That's why they held on with Bud, Budenholzer even longer than I think, you know, I, they won the title that saved him. But I feel like even the last couple of years, there, there were opportunities where they could have got out of it and they stuck on and went with it think that's the kind of way they're looking at it long term Giannis has said he wants to be there long term so he should be involved in that decision I hope that he was um yeah we'll see how it plays out I I, again I'm not a big Mike Budenholzer fan when it comes down to it either so I'm not I'm not upset with seeing the change and again glad it wasn't a doc or something like that this is like a more inspired kind of hire um it's a risk for sure but let's see how it works out it feels like a Milwaukee move (laughs) for sure yeah I I actually like this because it seems similar to the Ime Adoka situation to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy who's been around basketball his whole life, 
paid his dues as an assistant. He was a, you know, he was an okay college player and then kind of got a chance in the NBA, but he knows the game, right? He was an ex player. He's an assistant. Like I said, he's been around for a while and I'm sure Giannis got, you know, gave his stamp of approval because he's a guy who's been around and I'm sure this guy's coached up Giannis one-on-one many a times and maybe he likes the advice he was getting from Griffin than he had been from coach Bud the last couple of years um, and it, it just seems like a guy who's already has his hands on the locker room the the organization must be confident in him from his basketball knowledge to just chemistry within the team because for being honest the Bucks team and coaching staff hasn't changed much over the last decade for the most part I mean there's there's been some moving pieces but I guess I shouldn't say decade, maybe a little less than that. But the Giannis era, I mean, we've had this same grouping of guys with a couple of guys in and out um, and then Coach Bud there. So they probably, like you said, Steve, it's a very Milwaukee move, but could end up being the smart move for them. I think a lot of people were shocked when the Celtics picked Ime Adoka. And obviously, maybe not the best comparison because it didn't work out great. But that first season, the players bought in. Uh, He had a new kind of innovative coaching style that worked out very well. So I, I think if you're a Milwaukee fan, you should be happy about it. Uh, maybe, you know, you're a little worried, like you don't know much about him. Like we were saying, we don't, but that's not always a bad thing. You know, new can be good. And I, I think this was a good move by the Bucks. And then um, last piece of news here. Look at the Bob Myers steps down as Warriors president. I feel like talk about rumors that have been, being spoken about for a while this is a long time coming um i wonder why now i wonder if there's a conversation to be had i wonder if there's more to be shaken up here but the bob myers era as the warriors president has stepped down uh kd actually posted a a few instagram stories with bob myers holding his two trophies last night so obviously a very successful time in golden state um and now there's going to be a new era yeah, it uh, might be beginning of the end of the dynasty. Well, we'll see how the roster looks at this year. But, you know, Donnie, you were you were saying this for a while. And I know when you broke the news, you had a little smile on your face there. And I, I completely understand that. But, uh, you know, for a lot of people who uh, didn't like the Warriors as much as some or didn't really care for how that, you know, super team came came about, this could be the start of a, a new look of the Warriors, and I think it kind of, you know, trickled down effect from that playoff series against the Lakers, and now I think we may see fallout for the next uh, couple months. But uh, either way, it's uh, end of an era, which is crazy because one of the greatest teams I think we'll ever see in our lifetime, or, you know, greatest stretches of it's just one single franchise we'll see. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah, both of you. I know that. Good riddance. Rest in piss. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> no one's gonna listen to your podcast, buddy. What's Draymond's podcast? I was gonna say, was that was that yeah, a shot at Draymond? Bob no, Myers, that's Bob. Did you do know Bob Myers had a podcast this year? I See, everyone has a know. podcast. Everyone <laughs> has a podcast. Yeah, he had get Bob Myers on our podcast <laughs> and try to get the real scoop out of it. I'd, ra- uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> no, but um, it's 
I, I don't know. I don't know if he. Do you think he goes somewhere else though? There's some interesting, you know, there's some interesting spots. I guess that could could. I don't know. Wait, like who knows? There's always an organization willing to look to shake things up, and he's a free agent now. Probably one of the biggest free agents when we're talking about executives in the history of basketball. Like this is like Pat Riley going on the market or something yeah. like that at this point. Like. Um, I would I be surprised if he didn't go somewhere else. I mean, it's not that crazy old of a dude. Not at all. It's just like, so, if, 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 what is he? He's such an interesting guy because he was an agent before. Like, his his come up into being a GM and the president and everything he did was so different from everybody else that it's like, he could just be like, oh, fuck it. That was, like, kind of fun. I kind of want to, you know, work in tech, work in tech with Andre Iguodala yeah. or something. Like, I don't know. Like, he could literally do... I think anything and I wouldn't be surprised. I would rather see him like trying to rebuild, you know, the bulls or, or if he goes to like Charlotte or like, I don't know, just somewhere like inspired. I was thinking Charlotte, but I'm like, it. maybe he even wouldn't uh, want to do that. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to do that. Maybe it's too <laughs> much of a mess. Charlotte. It's just um, the, the biggest thing to me. And the most interesting thing is just watching the warriors unfold for the next year and a half and then more importantly mm -hmm. this summer because there's so many big decisions at least one or two huge decisions that need to be made for that front office this summer and now your president of basketball operations is gone so yeah um we'll see it's going to be interesting wherever like he you goes. mentioned at the beginning though the writing's been on the wall like we've heard about yeah. bob myers maybe yeah. leaving since i feel like training camp like that was the first time it was like a story in the athletic or something like that um, so hopefully, at least for the Warriors' sake, they've known since then, basically, and that this was just formal. Um, I know Mike Dunleavy is rumored to take over. He's been the assistant GM Whoa. underneath, so not a lot of change. Like it, it's not like the, there's going to be some big upheaval. But Steph and Bob Myers were really close. Yeah. When yep. it comes to like the Warriors, it's Joe Laka buying them, drafting Steph, Bob Myers being hired. That's that's the order of og warriors at this point mm -hmm. so it's it, it, that's the relationship you have to think about more than anything else um and i don't think steph's going anywhere but he might have more influence now because you gotta appease him right like you gotta do everything for Steph. Right. and who knows maybe maybe bob myers was the guy that was keeping draymond around maybe new management might might listen back to those comments he made at the beginning of the year about you know if the money isn't there he's gonna test free agency could, could be smell you later, Draymond Green. The Draymond free agency is going to be so much fun. Right, <laughs> That's what I mean. That's I'm just hoping for the, the utmost chaos out of this as I possibly can. But um, if, if we're talking chaos, let's just get right into the thick of it, fellas. It's the NBA Finals. It's the Denver Nuggets who have been waiting for what seems like a month to, <laughs> to see who their opponent will be. It is finally decided. It is Jimmy Butler in the zombie heat, the eight seed that lost their first playing game, the eight seed that took down the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, and New York Knicks, the eight seed that has a bunch of undrafted players on their team that are making a huge difference. Nuggets, Heat, it's the finals matchup. Maybe not the best for ratings. But it should still be pretty interesting. This these teams have some bad blood. It's the Nuggets first. Let, let's talk Nuggets first. I, I just hyped up the Heat there. 
Um, and we're going to have to talk about the Heat more, which is going to kill me. But first chance at an NBA championship for the Denver Nuggets. Um, like I just said, they're they're waiting so long for the Miami Heat. They're waiting so long for that opponent. My first question for you guys, and they have home court advantage in this series. Rest or rust for the Nuggets when we see them mm. in these first couple of games? Rest. I I think it's rest. I I think this team has been too well coached all year long. And if you watch the playoffs too, the biggest thing where I see with the Denver Nuggets that has been different the previous years, the second half adjustments, the way their defense, what did we talk about before the playoffs? Like, oh, their defense is going to let them down. They're not going to play defense. They were one of the best defensive teams in the playoffs. Their second half adjustments have been incredible. And if there's one team, I think, in the entire NBA – that could probably just stay focused for about a week off and then just get ready for an NBA Finals, I think it's the Denver Nuggets. I really do. Just the way the team is built, the way that the players have kind of acted after they swept the Lakers, where they know the job's not done. Their coach, Michael Malone, has just gotten them focused, ready, focusing on this NBA Finals. And this is a huge one, too, for uh, Nikola Jokic, who – is already one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best player, but he has a chance to be one of the best best big men in history if he can keep up the career he's going with. And what do we say all the time after someone's career? They always look at playoff success, and they always look at how many rings you got. And this is a golden opportunity for Nikola Jokic to get his first ring. He's someone who's also super focused. He does not really have many off-court distractions, if any. I don't just think horses. they're going to come out and be rusty. Yeah, exactly. He just goes home and rides horses. A little innocent guy just riding horses. Now, poor horses dragging him around. But, I mean, Jokic, like, big boy this to be is someone who's going to be focused on basketball. I don't think a week off – and maybe if it was, you know, different scenarios or different teams, I, I'd be in a completely different situation. But with the Denver Nuggets, I really do think they're going to come out and be focused. And we've seen it, too. Every single series – Game one, this team is ready. This team is ready to go. I think we're going to see more of the same in the first game of the NBA Finals. Mm. Um, I'm with you. I'm with a with more of the rest side, but there's a couple of reasons. It, it's more contextual than anything else because I do think that I, I do think sometimes teams sit at home and they they get rest on their laurels and they come out a little lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. The first thing, just the fact that Miami, the altitude is real, and Miami, a team that is not even out what they're coming literally from below sea level to altitude is it's a crazy like boston and miami where they've been the last two weeks some of the lowest sea levels in the it, it may sound crazy but going from zero to 5200 feet in two days after game seven and that's the big another thing is that rest versus rust yes the nuggets might be a little rusty but the heat just went through a war like the yeah, heat yeah. where it went through a war they played sunday night or they played uh monday night and then flew immediately to denver and they're preparing for this game so i just think that they're going to be exhausted no matter what and adjusting and everything else and the biggest thing it comes down to is i don't know if this nuggets team can get rusty they are guys they're i don't know if i've seen a team like now that murray and porter are healthy and just just the fact that they are healthy and have finally settled back into their roles where they're supposed to be and the team that they've built around it all year, like this is where they've been all year and it never, it has not wavered. And I, even the Dunny, 
even if the Celtics had won that the other night, I think I'd be just as definitive in thinking about how Denver was going to come out just because they've looked damn even that Lakers series, like everybody could, everybody's going to talk shit about the Lakers getting swept. Everybody's going to make fun of the, the Suns for losing. And it, the Suns getting two games off Denver is kind of amazing at this point. The Lakers were playing good basketball in those games, going hard. Like the Nuggets down 15 in that, that I don't know if we've all talked about that game, that game four, one of my favorite games of this entire playoffs is that game four in a sweep in a game that was like would not have really mattered even if the Lakers somehow yeah. pulled it out. But the Lakers were playing at such a high level and the Nuggets were just like, eh, let's just turn it up like a year and a half and then we'll be able to figure this out. And that's what Michael Porter said. I was listening to him earlier on JJ Redick and he literally said like we were locked in, but they came out. Bron was playing amazing. We're down 15. We went in at halftime. We're like, Let's tighten up. We want to close this out. And what did they do? They were up by they were up by two with like a minute left of the third quarter. It was crazy. And then you know who else could do that before? We were just talking about them. The Warriors. It's the only team I've seen in the last seven years that can just automatically turn like the faucet turns on on offense and it's it's a flood. And it's because of Jokic and everything that he does, whether it's scoring or just making every single right decision on the court. So Russ doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. I think that they're just so well oiled that there's no pun intended there. Um, this it, is not going to matter for anything for them, especially in this scenario. Yeah, I'm with you guys, man. I don't, I, I can't really see a world where it's rust and like maybe if they had a more, and you know, I don't want to take anything from the, away from the NBA Heat because I'm with you, Jake. I don't know how confident I would have been if the Celtics made it to this point because they had to they they had to go through the same dogfight that the Miami Heat went through and and play this seven game series. All while the best team in the NBA all year, for the most part, has been waiting for them on the other side. So I don't think that you know the the Denver Nuggets fear the Miami Heat. I don't think there's a player on their team that they individually fear and i don't think there's any there's going to be really any surprises from them they're going to do their thing that they've been doing the last two series um mike michael malone was actually on part of my take the other day and he he kind of talked he answered the rest versus rust question and said you know we're doing all the right things we have we have certain days for this and certain days that we're and this was before the series was decided. So he was saying, you know what? We're giving looks as if we're playing the Celtics. We're giving looks looks as if we're playing the Heat. Um, you know, we talk about how good the Denver Nuggets have been all year. And Murray stepping up. Michael Porter Jr. stepping up. You know, credit to Michael Malone, too, for just keeping this group in sync all year long. Not getting too high. Not getting too low. They're just they're doing everything right. And um yeah, I, I can't really see a world where this is rust for for the Denver Nuggets, and especially with the first two games at home in this. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I guess I'll ask a question about the Miami Heat now. I think this is a big one and something that infuriated me throughout the Celtics series, but can the undrafted Heat players do it for one more <laughs> series? Can these guys who aren't Bam, who aren't Bro. Jimmy, continue to help that the way they've been helping? Um, and can they do it against the Denver Nuggets, who have, in my opinion, probably after watching the Celtics throughout the playoffs, I can definitively say the Denver Nuggets have the deepest team in the NBA now. Yeah, Can they do it? First off, where did Caleb Martin come from? I, I, I've never Man. seen someone <laughs> from have From J. Cole, what do you mean? Dominant, J. Cole always a knew. Dominant, 
a dominant Eastern Conference sponsor, doesn't matter, any series, after being such a just, you know, average role player the entire year. I mean, that's incredible. And also, too, Dunny, I know can they get it done is one question. They may only have to get it done for a couple games because Mr. 20 a game, Mr. Tyler Hero, might be ready to go by yep. game three, ramping mm. up the mm. basketball activities. Hold, hold on, He though. might be ready to go. What you got? Do you th- I think they're better without Tyler Hero. On I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not, not going to go off and say he, that they they were they were the one seed last year when he was on the bench all year. They made him the starter this year. We're the eight seed. He gets hurt, and they go on the one of the greatest runs in NBA playoff history. I think there's a lot of other different factors there, though, and I also think too, that is one right. big factor. That is, I, 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 but, I, but I'm, I'm saying, saying I, I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying not him in the lineup, but he can't start. He can't start at all this playoff series, and they need to look at that seriously yeah. again in the off season because how does a Caleb? Mind you, Caleb Martin, like you're saying, no one ever would have fucking thought this was possible. Well, I think if Hero like, starts, he'd probably replace Struess. He'd probably replace Struess in the starting true. lineup. I think Martin and and Gabe Vincent have locked themselves in starting roles. For the, the Martin locked him into like twenty million dollars a year next year. That's well, Kevin did. Love was starting, and then they realized Caleb Martin's nine million percent better coming off the bench. <laughs> Let's see what he can do with thirty-five minutes a night, and it's been <laughs> unbelievable. But but I I think if Hero does come back now, I don't know if he'll be a hundred percent. But if if it gets to the back and he worked, they're like Hero starting. He's going to replace someone. I think Max Struess is the odd man out. I think Max Struess comes off the bench. Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent give you too too much, both offensively and defensively, and they've both been absolutely dominant in these playoffs. I know Dunny hates me saying that, but it's true. And in the biggest thing, and this was kind of the big only concern I really had going into the Celtics Heat series, and it came true, is that the Heat just want it more on the offensive glass. They just want it more on those loose balls. They just want it more. And if there's one team. There's one team that can play with physicality that could make Denver a little uncomfortable despite being undersized. It's the Miami Heat, man. The Miami Heat are just always going to be a better playoff team than a regular season team because of just their physicality, because of their willingness, not just Jimmy Butler, but the entire rest of the team. And we kind of saw that. And the big thing, too, we kind of saw a little bit in the Eastern Conference Finals, Bam finally woke up. Bam finally realized he was in a playoff series. And it's just when you look at this team like that, the Heat have that next man up mentality, that Heat culture that everyone doesn't want to talk about, but it's true and it's a fact of the matter. So my thing is it does not matter if Tyler Hero starts, does not matter if Tyler Hero comes off the bench. If he plays, it's going to be a big addition to help them. It's going to help the rotation make an impact. But as we've clearly seen, they, they, they don't need it. They, I mean, and, and I'm not saying I love Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero is going to help them. If he does come back in game three, but, but Dunny's right. I mean, you look at these guys that were just role players that no one really knew of, and now they just have big roles. It's because of this next man up mentality and they just play 120%. Will they be gassed if this series goes six or seven games because they just had a war against Boston? Maybe. But I say I, I told my friends this this morning. I go, I'm tired of betting against Jimmy Butler and this Miami Heat team. Because yeah. every time you think you've got them or you're ahead, they just come back. And they've been doing this. It doesn't matter if they're down 20. It doesn't matter if they're up 15. It doesn't matter if they lost two ga- three games in a row. It doesn't matter who they're playing. 
This Miami Heat team does not quit until that final whistle, until the clock is zero, and it does not matter who's on the court, who's getting it. The only one, really, Jimmy Butler's kind of their go-to guy, obviously, in the playoffs, but other than that, Struess can have a big game. Vincent can have a big game. Martin can have a big game. Bam can have a big game, and the best thing is they recognize that as a team. They're like, this guy's hot today. He's getting 15 shots up tonight. This mm-hmm. guy's not playing well. He'll be more of like a role player involved. And that's the thing, too. When Bam wasn't shooting well, he has six, seven assists. <laughs> Besides Jokic, obviously, who's just in a, a not like just he, he's the exception to the rule. When else do you have a big man who's like two of eight from the floor and still involved offensively by facilitating, by getting other guys involved? It's I'm tired of betting against the Heat. They just. They keep proving me wrong every time, and it does not matter. It doesn't matter what name's on the back of the jersey. They're going to step up, and they're going to play well. That's how it is. Something that might matter that I got to ask you guys is the size matchup. Mm-hmm. I think it could be a force for the Nuggets all series long. It could even be the deciding factor. We saw in Game 7, Bam started to get in a little foul trouble against the Boston Celtics. Although it didn't didn't end up really being an advantage for the Celtics because they couldn't do anything in that game anyway. The Nuggets have much more size all across their lineup on their bench. And after Bam, the Heat have zero size. Yeah. At least physically imposing size. They have guys like Haslam and Kevin Love, but we both know those guys haven't been physically imposing in years in the NBA. What do you guys make of this size matchup? I think Aaron Gordon is going to be a huge, huge piece in this series and um, could disrupt a lot of things for the Miami Heat. Love's going to have to get dusted off for sure because yeah. they, they're going to they're not going to be able to play small that whole time. If you look at the map, Jokic dominated any both games against the Heat this year. The Heat couldn't do anything with Jokic, so I think with the Heat. Are gonna the Heat might not play big because they might just be like, all right, Nicola, you can have 50 every night. <laughs> like have 55 yeah. points, go 20 for 25 from the field. And the Heat strategy, at least what I think they're gonna start off with is letting Nicola do whatever because they know they can't do anything with him. They've they've seen it twice this year. I'm sure it's a much I mean, whatever defense they threw at him earlier in the year was is much more vanilla than whatever game plan they're gonna have this year. But that's just what I think they'll initially do. Let him do whatever. And, and see if Porter and, and Murray, with whatever kind of nonsense zone, double teaming in the corner, whatever they're going to try to do to those guys to try to just mess with them. I'm interested more in to see that. I think Nicola is going to be able to score and just do whatever he really wants to do because the Heat really haven't shown a way to stop that. So I'm like, why try to double down and try to stop it? Let him do that and guard – guard excellent at the perimeter, take away their shooting, and try to see how that works. That's what I think the strategy might be. You, you mentioned zone, and they when they played a zone against Boston, it was very effective. And I know when you play a zone in the NBA, you're kind of banking on guys missing threes that are half contested, half not. But it worked against Boston, and Boston's a great team that can play small ball, kick it around the arc, and take open shots. So you talk about that. You, you also – you know, have the heat with 
in my opinion, probably the best coach in the NBA right now, and Eric Spolstra, where they are going to adjust to games on the fly. They're going to see what the Nuggets want to do. And you're right, Jake. I think they could, they'll just let they'll let Jokic do whatever he wants because sometimes you're like we're going up against you know one of the best players in the world. There's no stopping them. Jokic is averaging 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists these playoffs. His shooting splits are ridiculous, and he's he went up against guys like Anthony Davis. He went up against Carl Anthony. Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Like, these are guys who are big and supposed to be defensive centers. And now Bam Adebayo, who's a little smaller than those guys, but still supposed to be a very good defensive center, doesn't matter. You're not stopping Jokic. So I think we could see a little bit more zone from the Heat. I think we also could see the Heat, you know, maybe play a little small, maybe try to run more, even though the Nuggets love running as much as anyone right now, especially in these playoffs. But say, hey, we'll run with you. We'll shoot up. We'll, we'll shoot a bunch of threes. We'll try to turn this into a track meet, but I, I think it, it's going to be tough because they don't have an answer for Jokic. And after Bam, I think who's their next tallest guy? Jimmy Butler at six seven, who plays regular minutes, not besides Kevin Love. And then what? You have Martin at six five. I mean, this is a small team, but I'm going to say this, and I know Dunny's going to hate me for saying this. It doesn't matter how small they are; they play big, and they played bigger than Boston. They did. Mm-hmm. And they, they played bigger than Boston, and that's the one thing with the Heat that they've done pretty much all these playoff series. Milwaukee had all the size in the world on them. They played bit, bigger than Milwaukee. They wanted it more. They were more physical. I think the Nuggets is the hardest test yet, but if there's any team that where they can just kind of throw size out the window and they can adjust, you need a good coach and you need guys that want it and want to play physical, and that's the definition of the Miami Heat. Yeah. I agree with that, honestly, that, you know, I was thinking size is going to be a huge issue for the Miami Heat, but it's a good point, Steve. I mean, they, they've they just found ways to make it work, even when Bam was in foul trouble, even if their team was a whole hell of a lot bigger than them that they were going up against. And then, you know, a big part of that is obviously just Eric Spolstra being the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion, and having these guys ready. And if they aren't ready to start the game, he calls a timeout and puts them in a set or a certain zone that that makes them ready and makes them prepared. And then, yeah, you have guys up and down your your roster. Like as much as I dislike Kyle Lowry, he plays super hard. He yeah. he hits the glass when they need him to. Max Struess, a not very athletic guy, he hits the glass when they need him to. Caleb Martin, an unlikely hero, he comes up and makes big plays all over the floor for seven games versus Boston, um, and is a huge reason they won that series. So, yeah, you know, although kind of out-star powered and out, you know, they, they lose the size pow- size battle too, it, it, you know, it still just might not matter because the Miami Heat, we've been saying it all playoffs, the zombie Heat, they just don't die. Um, it'll be super interesting. I, my, my favorite part about this, honestly, and it, it's tough to see it go this way when the Celtics lose to them, but – Jimmy Butler being on the revenge tour of all revenge tours is just amazing. I think 99% of NBA fans would love to see Jimmy Butler get a ring. Um, and, I, you know, that that's something that's going to keep me watching is just being able to watch on a night-to-night basis who wants it more, uh, Jokic and Jimmy Butler, because two guys who I think are just super deserving of rings. Ben, you know, Butler been fighting for it a, a little bit longer than Jokic has, but, you know, they both – made pretty solid pushes in their respective conferences. And, and now they're both here and, and they get a face off and what should be 
a pretty heated and interesting finals matchup, if you ask me. And also, too, I mean, I know it's kind of different rosters now, but we forget with the Jokic to push on Morris and then a little yep. beef right there. I'm telling you, the first time this gets physical, and I promise you this series will get physical, oh. these are two teams that are not going to back down. Neither of them. And that's kind of what I love about both these teams. That's what I love about both their superstars. You know, Jimmy Butler and Jokic, yeah, they're fan favorites. Yeah, people, oh, they're super nice, you know, fun guys. On the court, you're the enemy. And you're not pushing them around. You're not talking shit to them. I think it's going to be a great series. And I'm really excited to uh, kind of watch how this series unwinds because both of those guys are super emotional players where if they need to step up, they will, and they're not going to take shit from anyone. I can't wait for it. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the idea for, for Miami. Because yeah. they're just gonna try to beat the shit out of Jokic in the first quarter, <laughs> just try to get him into a fight. Just that's where you throw Haslam out there. If Haslam's out there in the first quarter, they better get Jokic just off the throw court. A, throw yeah. the bows left and just, right. Just go beat. Just yeah, literally, just clothesline him. Who cares? Start a melee. What do you got to lose? What that's what UD think? needs to go. He needs to go out on his sword and just take Jokic out and then retire like the next <laughs> He day. would be a like, heat legend forever. He would be his number oh, would be retired. He'd be a heat legend forever. <laughs> what, what do you guys think the odds are that Udonis Haslam touches the court in this series? High. I guess I honestly yeah, yeah that's true because I feel like if if there's a game an elimination game where the heat are up and they could, they're in a position to send the Nuggets home, you know Spoh is going to send them in the game. And I think vice versa, too. If, yeah. if they're in Miami yeah. and the Nuggets are up, you know, big, and this could potentially be like the last, you know, playoff game in Miami for Udonis Haslam, he's touching the court for 20 seconds. Yeah. I, oh, I can't wait for Udonis Haslam. Like, heat timeout, down 20 at home. They put Haslam in. He's trying to coach up the guys like it's a five-point game. <laughs> He's like backing his guy down in the paint, yeah. calling for the ball. Throw him an alley-oop. He falls out of bounds again. <laughs> oh, man. I, I need the Haslam minutes now. I didn't even think about that. That would be a possibility because he just had his hoodie on all, all of last series. But that, that would be something special if we got – Especially if it's it's what Jake said, like they just put Haslam into for another body on Jokic, like that would that would be comedy. What kind of chicanery does Kyle Lowry get into too? Kyle Lowry and Bruce Brown against each other in the finals. That's oh. gonna be there's gonna be something. Those two are, also two KCP. Knows? KCP's yeah, been yeah, playing like a dog, and yeah. the rookie Christian Brown. Christian Brown yep. is another one who's going to play physical. He's one of those guys that, like, you, you don't really realize how much you hate Christian Brown until you're up against him. And I promise you, it doesn't matter if he's only playing 10 minutes a night. Heat fans are going to can't stand when he That's how I feel Dunny feels about that Highsmith guy. I can't even remember his first yep. name. But anytime mm-hmm. he came on the floor, I'm like, mm-hmm. I know this dude is about to get, like, three rebounds he shouldn't have and, like, deflect some ball out of yep. nowhere. Like, all, all playoffs. They'll throw him in for like 20 seconds and again you're like, why is he not playing the whole time? And then he probably then he shoots the ball and you're like, oh, that's why he doesn't play a lot. Yeah. But that guy, like, yeah, Brown, Brown, he's a motherfucker. That guy's gonna make a lot of money in the league just being annoying. Jeff, Jeff Green, he's still got a little fight left in him too. Oh, he he had some battle with Miami's o- over the years when he was with Boston. 
We'll see, man. I think it, this series might be a, a little more fun than people uh, people are willing to give credit for. I think yeah, people are they're people are cheering for. I, I can't like what was the way somebody put it the other day? Cheering for laundry for these this playoffs. Like this is a very exciting basketball like this is a very exciting final series there there could have been boring final series yeah out, out of the scenario of just at the start of the playoffs this was not one of them no one expected miami to be here the fact that they are here i don't understand how people are the like, eight did you see they the had to people, get through milwaukee and boston did you see the people discounting already the nuggets playoff run they're like four seed Four seed Suns, seven seed play in Lakers, eight seed play in Heat. It's like if you make it through three rounds of the playoffs, like how are we not learning? You swept this LeBron. It's a good playoff run. <laughs> you swept LeBron and you took Katie and, and Devin Booker's Phoenix Suns team nah, out. Weakest, weakest run, weakest finals run ever. Yeah, no. Could, it's, this could you imagine that though? Could you imagine that? Like you're just talking to some casual fan and you go, hey, man. This team beat Kevin Durant and then LeBron in back-to-back playoff series. Weak run. They look at you like you're out of your mind. Imagine if you're the Denver Denver Nuggets fan who's literally never been to the NBA Finals in their (laughs) life before. They don't give a fuck who they beat to get there or who beat who to get there. But it's not even a weak run. You took out KD and LeBron. (laughs) Very few teams can say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are we talking about? And that's going to be Jimmy Butler. (laughs) <laughs> if, if they and were. I will say, not to the same degree, because I do think the Nuggets' path was more difficult, but I was thinking about this before the Celtics had been eliminated because I knew even if the Celtics had made it here, all the all the haters would have been saying, oh, it's one of the easiest paths in NBA history to the finals. And I think that's a discredit to the Heat, and it even would have been to the Celtics because if you think about it, the Heat took out the number one, the best team in the NBA all year long, the Milwaukee Bucks. They had to go up against the New York Knicks, they which dominated okay. the Knicks. It's never easy. Yeah, they, were, they were like they never easy to win in New York. Physical team, and they dominated them, as Jake yeah, said. Yeah. And then they had to they had to win a game seven in Boston against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who everyone kind of after that game six had given up on the Heat and thought they were done. They went by double digits easily. And I think if if it was the flip side, Boston had to take out and beat in James Harden. You know, obviously Trey Young not not shouldn't have been as much of a challenge as it was. But then you have to go up against the guy at the best coach in the NBA, and then the team that took out the number one seed. So also I, I the team that you beat. No one seems to this point has not been mentioned nearly enough. The fact that the Heat like that mentioned by the Heat. They were there last year. This is who they lost to last year. Throw the seeds out the It's door. the revenge season. That's the biggest yeah. thing in sport, all of sports. They literally got, like, the ultimate revenge over the team. that, Like, that Jimmy has seen that shot yes. last year in Miami oh. in his dreams every single night. Every single night. You don't think that that was in there? Like, I just don't – I don't know. I just don't well, understand how you can't appreciate that. And that's when I hate – I hate so much when people go off seeding so much in the playoffs. Throw the seeds out the door once you get to the playoffs. Especially it doesn't matter. It's about the teams. That's what I'm saying. And the Miami Heat, not just this year, this group, this Miami Heat group, this co- has been one of the best teams in the East for the past five seasons. They've made two finals in four years. Yeah. Two finals <laughs> in four years. But like, the fact – and the fact that we – how can you talk about the Eastern Conference all year and be like, 
like, oh my gosh, it's the most loaded Eastern Conference ever. One through eight, so good. I can't believe these teams are going to be playing teams. How are they going to be playing teams? And then be like, oh, the eight seed made the finals, weak conference. What the fuck are we talking about here? And they won 44 games. It's not like they're like 37 and 43 and stuck in. Yeah, they were banged up all year, too. It started slow, and we knew, even when they were like the 13th seed in the East, we're like, here come the Heat. And sure enough, here come the Heat. And what did we see? What did everyone say for a month leading up to the playoffs? This is the team you don't want to face in the first well, round. I said Why? They because I they wrong. can make a run dead like wrong. this. Because they can make a run like this. They took out – them taking out Milwaukee in five, and I know Giannis missed two games. I know he's banged yeah. up. He still put up stupid numbers when he played. But them taking out Milwaukee in five should have been an eye-opening, like, oh, this team's legit. Then mm-hmm. – and this is no offense to the Cavs, Jake, but the Cavs got bullied by the Knicks, and the Heat bullied that team that bullied the Cavs. If the Cavs, like, Cavs, the Cavs the made, Heat, dude, oh, my God. Oh, they would have got, got 40 points every game. It would have been 40 points every game. The Heat bullied a team where – and I, I think everyone remembers this. I know it feels like two years ago at this point, but when the Knicks beat the Cavs in that playoff series, everyone's like, oh, wow, the Knicks might. Oh, they might have figured it out. They look good. This is a team you don't want to mess with. And then the Heat just bullied them. And then they go up against the Celtics, who I think has also been one of the best teams in the past four or five years. They've made run after run after run. And it was an absolute war. And not only that, but what you talked about, you know how easy it is to give up after blowing a 3-0 lead to just, you know, you're going back to Boston. You know what your type of environment you're going into. And they did the opposite. They did the absolute opposite. That comes to coaching. That comes to the core of the team. That just comes to mentality overall. This team, that's why I hate when people are like, oh, they're an eight seed. They're, they're not playing like an eight seed, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> So just throw out the seeds and just appreciate how good this team has been, how good Jimmy Butler has been when he has to turn it up for the playoffs, and how good of a coach Eric Spolstra is, where it's just this next man up, heat culture mentality, and they're in the NBA Finals again. It's just – and everyone, too, who was like, oh, it's it's a bubble, it's a Mickey Mouse NBA. Well, the same four teams were in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, so what are you saying about that now? They're a damn good team, and they have been for four or five years. Yep. And I could say – and you could say three of them have been built strongly for, th- for three years, and the other two just had LeBron James and Anthony Davis and figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, like and that. then that's just a couple other guys. Just see who, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, sometimes it is enough having LeBron at AD. <laughs> but it's like the only comment I have about you mentioned the Cavs. And the only thing that I think about Cavs related when it comes to this playoff series is whatever they want to pay Karis LeVert, can we just give that to Caleb Martin? Because that's exactly the kind of player that the Cavaliers would have needed. And it's crazy. Caleb Martin, I, I can't give that guy Caleb a free agent after this yes. year? Yeah, he's Dude's on like a $6 million paid. deal right Dude now. Is, Dude is going to get paid. You want to talk about maximizing your earning potential in yeah. a big spot. This man has done. I can't give him enough flop. Like Vincent's been, Vincent is a great shot maker. Uh, Struess plays his role really well but Caleb Martin that dude can do everything like in the effort yeah, he he's different defensively he's different too like guys. he almost won the Eastern Conference Finals MVP do you know he how good you have man. to be he really he almost win won the, that. he probably should have but Jimmy gets it because of what Jimmy just yeah. does all playoffs yeah but you know how good you have to be to take it over, over like a superstar over Jimmy and Bam, bro. Like, obviously, Bam saying. didn't play a great series, but I mean, what do we like? Obviously, anyone you put those two players in front of you, Bam's a better player. Yeah. Um, and it's so crazy because we talked about 
how bad the Charlotte Hornets are that Bob Myers might not want to go be the president there. They were the ones who released Caleb Martin. Yep. Oh. Like I said, they thank Cole. They Cole apparently Paul, forgot like, about that. Working out with him in Charlotte, and I don't know who fucking J Cole knows with the Miami Heat, but he's like, "Hey, get this man in here!" And now here we are. There we are. All right, finals predictions, folks. What do we got? Who and how many games? So I don't die at work or have to, you know, deal with a depressed meerkat for at least three months until football season. I'm going to take the Nuggets, but I'm going seven. I'm going seven. I don't think this is an easy series either way. I think Jokic gets it, and I think Jokic, once he finally gets it, it's so stupid, but once he gets a rank, people all start to realize how good this guy is. Not just right now, but, like, he could be a historically good big man. I know if you're, you know, watching basketball every night, you see it. But it's at least nice that people are appreciating how good Jokic is eye-opening. Give me Nuggets in seven. I think it's a war either way, though. I, I wouldn't be surprised if either team won this, but I would be, I would be more surprised – if this series ends in four or five games, then if either team wins, if that makes sense, in six or seven. I think a, a short series would shock me. On paper, I really still just want to say Nuggets in five, but I can't do that to the Heat anymore. So I'm just adding, tacking a game on there and going Nuggets in six. I think that the Heat, the Heat can drag another game out of there. I don't think – I think Nuggets are just a level ahead of – them at this point and Jokic is too much just gonna be too much um and it'll be fun to see some sad Miami fans before football season starts so winning it in game six would be nice I hate to be born I'm with you Jake I think I think it's nugs nugs and six I think when I first thought about this series I was like oh nuggets in four or five no not after what I just saw, um, you know, the fight that they were able to put up, the the ability of the Miami Heat to win on the road, them having guys who just stand up and get up for, for Heat culture and just perform. You know, I do think the Nuggets handle business. I think home court advantage will be big for them, especially a team that has had to fight tooth and nail to get to this point. The Nuggets have been waiting. They have the altitude on their side. Um, I think that could affect some of these undrafted guys who have been kind of playing out of their minds a little bit. It might help them come back back down to earth. Uh, I, I, yeah, I see Jokic hosting the trophy. I, I think Jamal Murray is finally healthy. He was incredible last round, and I, th- I think it's going to be Nuggets here. Um, I, but like I said, man, I it would sting a little bit if I had to see Miami win it all. But I, I would be nothing but happy for Jimmy Butler, man. He He's a guy who, for a long time, I was a, just a fan of the teams he was on because of the way he played. And for a long time, I wanted him to be a Boston Celtic at, at, during different free agency points. So, you know, I, I would be super happy to see Jimmy get a ring. But I do think it's going to be Denver, and I think it's going to be Jokic getting this first. So we're all in the Nuggets. So Hopefully, Heat in five. So he, Heat or Heat are winning this. I, yep. I yeah. say it every time. I kind of stopped out in the Miami yep. Heat, man. Oh, boy. We, we, that is probably how it's going to go. Um, you guys cool if I do do my send-off Celtics minute here? I think it's only right. 
first All off, right. before you start, Tony, I just want to say rest in peace, Stevie Boston. It was a fun two-month run. You'll yes. be missed. Maybe we'll see you next year. Yeah, sorry, sorry we couldn't yours. get it done for Steve. Before it's yours, Tony. First and foremost. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, here it is, guys. My my recap of the Celtics season as a whole, and I'll you know I'll, I'll hone more in on the playoffs. But I want to start by saying I've been very lucky since Tatum and Brown have come into the league to to watch this squad and perform at a high level. And I think a lot of Celtics fans overlook that. I think a lot of Celtics fans get a little too upset over losing you know the finals last year and then the conference finals this year. And the, the two conference finals uh, before the finals last year as well. Uh, the, I just want to get that out of the way. I think I'm, I'm absolutely blessed as a basketball fan. The last two years especially, it's been incredible watching this Celtics squad, um, especially around Jalen and Jason. And this year, it just wasn't enough. But I think a, a a part of it is on me for not really realizing in the first couple of rounds, because let's be honest with the Atlanta Hawks, no way that series should have gone six games. Agreed. And the way they lost a few of those games was borderline unacceptable for how good of a team you were. And you know, it's the playoffs at this point. Then with Philly, it looked like you might get eliminated in six against Philly. Obviously, you know, miraculous comeback Jason Tatum has the best game seven ever we buy back in against the Miami Heat go down 0-3 and you know I find myself tweeting this isn't a championship team and I think I was right then I think I was right then or at least this year's version of it they weren't a championship team but they're that talented that they get it back to a game seven in Boston and everyone buys back in so partial blame on myself because I think the writing was on the wall. I think the signs were there this whole playoff run. And, you know, if you want to chalk that up to Missoula being a first-year head coach and not nearly as ready as Ime Adoka seemed last year, um, I, th- I think that's a fair thing too. Now for how the Game 7 actually went, um, I think it also goes into playing with your food in the first two series. I think – Maybe you're not in this situation where you're in a game seven and you have to leave everything out on the line because you went down 0-3 because you're gassed at this point. I mean, your starting center is 36 years old. By the time you got to this game seven, Robert Williams was banged up and puking throughout the game seven. You know, I'm not saying elongated playing time is what made him sick, but he was injured and sick. By the way, none of these are excuses, just unfortunate things that happen in the team at this point. Brogdon, partial tear in his forearm. Jalen Brown, hurt left hand going into game six. Um, You know, nine turnovers for Jalen Brown in game seven, completely unacceptable. I think you could chalk a few of those up to that injured left hand. There was a few plays where he literally just lost the handle with his left turnover. And then Jason Tatum, just super, super shame. First play of the game, rolls his ankle real bad. And it just looked like he could not move out there. And there's people saying out there like, oh, like if he was actually a dog, like he would have left it. Like he he didn't play a horrible game for having a rolled ankle oh. and he, he barely came out. Um, I think that criticism of JT is unfair. It's just unfortunate more than anything else. Um, and at end of the day, they just did not show up in game seven. I think the thing that hurt me the most was 
what did we hear all last year is they just needed more either off the bench or they needed more of a scoring presence. They needed more of a ball handler um, in the NBA Finals when they lost to the Warriors. They go out, they get Malcolm Brogdon. He's great all year long. He's the sixth man of the year. Playoffs, kind of a ghost, man. Brogdon was kind of a ghost in the playoffs. You know, a few good moments in the Atlanta series. I can think of one good game in the Philly series and then was just awful in the Miami series. I almost would have felt better if we didn't play him in game seven. I don't think he played the second half, but when he came in in game seven, he threw up an air ball. He had a few turnovers, missed layups. Mm -hmm. Like Realizing Brogdon wasn't the answer was also a hard pill to swallow. Um, And now we're at the end, and we have a lot of questions to answer this summer. I'm still in the camp of let's sign JB. Let's get this super max. Um, and let's let's keep the Jays together because I don't think any trade or any move will put us in a better position than if we have the Jays together. That's that's number one. Number two, Joe Mazzula. I think he saved his coaching job by coming back from down 03. I think if he would have got swept, we're having a completely different conversation here. Um, he was nails in elimination games in, in these playoffs. He won what five and one. Five and yeah, one five and one. He was five and zero oh going into that game seven. Um, obviously, the game seven in Philly. He he gets he's able to get his guys up from down 0-3 in the Heat series. Um, never got too high, never got too low. He, I, I even you know I'm sure not everyone noticed this, but I even noticed he was be- he was getting better at the podium. He was getting better with the media. Um, so I think he saved himself there. I think we're going to see Joe Mazzulla again next year. And then, you know, the questions start. Grant Williams, I wouldn't be surprised if we let him walk, depending on how much money he wants. Is Al Horford a guy who comes off the bench next year? Do you need to get another big? Um, So I do think there's going to be tweaks to the roster next season, but I'm staying true to I believe Missoula is going to be the head coach, and I think it would be silly to split up the Jays still. I just don't understand that logic. I think both of them get tremendously better every year. I think Jalen needs to work on his handle. That's evident. Um, and I, th- I think you just trust the Jays. Like The last four or five years, the Celtics have been better than 95% of the NBA. I don't think making, you know, obviously you're not getting over that hump yet, but why not just keep going back and getting to that point? I think eventually it will happen with these two. I mean, these two are – two of the best forwards in the entire NBA. They play play both sides of the ball, and they have all the experience now. If you want to tweak everything around them, I'm fine with that. I think getting rid of Jalen and giving up at this point, especially the trade that keeps getting tossed around is for Dame Lillard. What what has he done? Dame Dame hasn't won anything. Yeah, he's an outstanding player, but what are you doing there? You're getting rid of so much defense and age, and you're bringing in a guy who can score – Obviously, at a way better rate than Jalen Brown. But like I said, Jalen Brown gets better every year. Um, you know, whether it's a super max or not, I think you got to keep the Jays together. It's sad. I think this is when fans start to turn on their teams. But that, that's how I see it. Uh, horrible season. I'll be sad. I'm excited for the finals. And, uh, yeah, that's it for the Celtics this year. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I'm – I don't know if it's a horrible season. I think by from your expectations, yes, maybe yeah. a horrible season. Missoula, 
the biggest thing of Missoula, I, I'm back with you around that. He definitely deserves another shot. And he definitely deserves a shot with a freaking actual bench. Like they got so screwed by when the Ime news came down and when they decided to do all that. The man had no imagine like like just not having a full coaching staff for your entire first year and and also Stoudemire leaving in the middle of the year too like and having yep. to deal with that probably somewhere that he leaned on a lot during like just crazy circumstances they had to deal with from day one from before even camp started off this year. Um, I don't know about what you think about this, Steve. I, I've wrestled with it back and forth. I, I don't I don't know how you give up how you trade Jalen Brown and, and try to sell it at this point. I mean, maybe there's a move you can make that maybe they're better off for it. Maybe it, but they're both so still not even in their prime. And I'm just always, always, always more partial to the idea of just keeping it together and trying to figure it out. Cause that's how you see some like it, it. Continuity is so key in sports and in basketball, you barely see it. And this run from the Celtics, even though they haven't won a championship yet, has been so successful from others, other team standards, yeah. just all the Easter conference finals, even years they shouldn't have made the conference finals, making the conference finals. Like the infrastructure is there. They have the star talent now. It's just about getting lucky one of these years. Like it really, really is like they're on the press game seven again, back to back years. You win and you lose a game seven in the Easter conference finals. A lot. If you sign, if you told me that the Cavs next year that was going to happen, I would sign up for that every single day of the week, every single day of the week, every single like, and that's what more or less is going to be the same next year. I don't think even if you go into it looking next year, who are the favorites in the East going to be? It's going to be the Bucks. It's going to be the Celtics. That's who, and that should be. It absolutely should be. So uh, it's tough. It's tough right now, but. It's the Jimmy revenge. I don't know what else you like. It's he's just yeah, he's a singular force, and that's that's what it comes down to more thing more than anything. I don't want to you know be mean to Donnie here, but now that I'm no longer Stevie Boston, Boston fans are spoiled. Like I, they they are Boston fans are spoiled. I think what it's four times they've been the Eastern Conference Finals in the Tatum Brown era. They've been to the NBA Finals. This is a good team. Boston fans are going to panic because they're not used to not winning championships. And you have the same year, you know, the Celtics lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. You have the Bruins, that were the best team in the NHL, lose in the first round to the Panthers, who, guess what, are going to the Stanley Cup. They both lost to very, very good teams, very formidable opponents. I am strongly in the camp of do not trade Jalen Brown. I have always been, I think I've told you, Donnie, I think this year, after your hype of Jalen Brown since we kind of met, I kind of fell in love with watching Jalen Brown. I, I say this all the time. I don't think I've ever seen someone who is so good at every aspect of basketball except dribbling. And yep. dribbling something you can figure out. <laughs> dribbling something you can work on. You can't really teach someone to make cold-blooded shots with guys in their face. You cannot teach Jalen Brown's athleticism. He's in the point zero 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 one percent of athletic yep. players in the NBA. He's got A-plus athleticism. He's got, in my opinion, A shooting, probably A-plus shooting, maybe get a little more consistent with the three. But Jalen Brown, mid-range game is one of the best in the league. He has great explosiveness, and he's one of the best defenders for a guard, forward, hybrid, whatever you want to call him, in the NBA. The only thing Jalen Brown doesn't have is he just can't really dribble and then maybe make his playmaking a little better, but that will also come with the dribbling. I know he had no. a bad game. 
I know he had a bad game and it was under bad circumstances because, like you said, the first play where you see Tatum go down on his ankle and then people giving Tatum shit, it's like you clearly know he's not 100% if he's only taking four shots in the first half. Like how are you like, oh, Tatum's just shying away from the moment. He was grimacing every – People like Tatum's shying away from the moment. He's not clutch. It's like, did you just forget game seven? (laughs) Against Philly, yeah. did you get <laughs> yeah, right. six against Philly? Like, hey, Tatum can't step up. Like, what are we doing here? Like, the man got hurt on his ankle, and yeah, it's going to affect your jump shot if it's that bad. So then a lot of pressure was on Brown, and I think, too, like you said, he was dealing with the, the hand injury, and exactly. for someone who can't dribble to begin with, who now has to have a lot more volume going through him, a lot more usage rate, and now he's trying to dribble with a bad hand, it's going to get sloppy. The shot, now the shot – was just it was just a cold shooting night for him. Yeah, and the turnovers, you know, a few were because of the hand. A couple other ones, I think he was just trying to do too much. It just got sloppy. It was kind of a mess. But regardless, that's one game, and I know the playoffs are amplified. And a lot of the common fans only watch a couple of the playoff games each year and a couple of the series, and they don't watch the regular season. This guy who's two over to my left here, watches every single Boston Celtics game. There will be the best Sunday night football game you can have on, and this guy will be texting me and Jake updates about the Celtics regular season game against the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, that's how it goes. That's just how it goes. So I get it, Tony. I get it. Like, it's tough hearing all these opinions for people who have only watched such a small sample size of this team compared to you and I am in the camp because I love watching the Celtics. I think the one one of the most well-oiled machines to watch in terms of basketball. I think they're great. They just had some really cold shooting nights and maybe they got a little two three-pointer happy when they got down into Miami in multiple games in that series. But you can't break up this team. You've been one of the most successful teams in the NBA. You've been a top five team in the NBA since you've had this core and they're entering their prime. Like I said, Jalen Brown is a plus in pretty much everything except dribbling. I'll give him an F in dribbling and I don't care because he's pretty much a plus in everything. He's also was all team this year. And you're talking about maybe don't bring this guy back. Maybe try to trade him for someone who's eight years older. Stop. Stop it. You have a good team. You just haven't gotten the breaks yet to win a championship. I'm ignoring him. So the, the, <laughs> so, the, so it's a great, it's, it's perfect. It's like still perfect. Just, just stick with it. You've already figured out what so many teams can't figure out. You have a one A and a one B. You have a team that knows how to play together. You have a lot of good players around Jalen Brown and Tatum. And I know some of them might get switched out this offseason. Things may look different, but you have the core. And your core has been winning consistently. You just haven't won the big one yet. This is a team yeah. that went to the Eastern Conference Finals four times. This is a team that went to the NBA Finals last yeah. year and only just lost to you know one of the greatest dynasties of our of our lifetime. It's gonna be okay. I know people want to hit the panic button as soon as you lose in the playoff series. But with everything that went on, with the distractions at the beginning of this season, with the coaching change, with everything. Just take a step back, give it a month, and just get ready for next year. It also Jaylen depends on Jalen. It also him. depends on him, though, and that's yeah. the biggest well, unknown is true. what he what he really true. wants. True. That is that is what I was going to say too, and something that was encouraging because as a Boston fan, you were kind of skating on those thoughts the last year and a half of wow, just you know. The media is telling us this, and he doesn't really say it one way or another. So does he agree? Does he actually want out? 
something that was encouraging on on two levels was after the game he took almost all the responsibility for losing that game seven he said i failed the city i gotta be better which one was just you know if an athlete on your team has a bad game that's almost one of the best things you can hear after obviously you don't want to hear excuses but you know ownership is a and responsibility is a good thing and jalen brown showed that he also insinuated in the presser that he was going to be back in boston and a very um well-known well-liked um well-received boston sports figure or boston media figure said uh claimed today that jalen brown bought a two-story condo in the seaport area in boston today so mm. we ev- everyone loves those rumors um it seems like Jalen wants to be in i know brad stevens i, I can't see a world where he wants Jalen out it's wick so, too. yeah so it's wick and Jalen. like if Jalen yeah. wants to stay great wick you're gonna have to pay 600 million for the next for True. the foreseeable future and that's that's what it's gonna. That's a that's a big number, and it's a big decision for Jalen to want to walk away from that number if it's on the table. That's that's like the biggest thing. I don't and care. The last thing, the last thing I want to say because before I forget, the Steve brought it up. Dribbling, obviously, something Brown <laughs> needs to work on. It just so happens that it's great that that's one of the easier things to work on yeah. as a basketball Yo, player. He should not. He should dribble all summer. Just just walk yes, around. Yes, and dribbling too the best anybody can learn how to dribble. You can't teach anybody to do the dunks or the athleticism Jalen Brown has. Well, the best part, too, is this dude was lifting weights underwater all summer to get better <laughs> at his game. Like I think, I think he'll be able to handle a, f- a few ball dribbling drills. Like This is a guy who doesn't shy away from the extra work i I think we know what Jalen will be doing this summer um and i'm excited to see him back in green next year because i think that's where he's gonna be well we'll see i have a whole off season to bug out about it we have uh we have a whole nba finals coming up it's gonna be amazing feels good to be back with the trio boys it was great. I know. Like I said, I wish it was under different terms i wish i had happy dunny for this pod yeah but hey we got all three of us here hey we uh, there's still a big part of happy done in here. We got, we got the NBA finals season isn't over yet. Um, I, I'm just worried that we might've cursed the podcast. If we all bet against the heat and then Jimmy Butler just yeah, goes all did. undertaker it's, on it's us. Don't tell me. Yeah, no, we, we all picked the nuggets. Yeah. So shout out Meerkat it's... too. He told me Congrats. stay away from the nuggets. Oh. <laughs> he goes, I don't want you. He's like, stay away from them. <laughs> too late too late we're all in <laughs> all right folks well that's gonna do it for happy hour hoops for steve jake myself r.i.p the boston celtics go denver nuggets and uh we'll see you after game one peace